This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Open up your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27. Proverbs 20, verse 27. And it says, The spirit of man is the candle or the light of the Lord, searching all the other parts of the belly. And before I was a born-again Christian, I didn't know this. I didn't know I was a spirit being. I thought I was just a person. I didn't realize that this physical body is just the house that I live in. I didn't realize this is just an earth suit that someday will be put in a grave, but the real me will come out and go to heaven and be alive. I didn't know that. And so he says, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. And so after I become a born-again Christian, I realized that my inward man was more real than my outward man. And then, because being properly taught the Word of God, I learned at a young, young age that Jesus talks to me through my spirit, not my head, not my thoughts. You know, as a matter of fact, 2 Corinthians 10, he says, cast, cast out every thought and imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And then he even said, Pastor Dave mentioned a verse out of Matthew the other day, that uh, when, you're at, when you're in a hard time and a trial persecution type thing, he said, take no thought what you're going to say. He said, your father will put it in you. Talk about your spirit. And so we have to know that if we're going to be Christians that go anywhere in life for Jesus, that we're going to have to get the revelation. He communicates with us through our spirit. And then it, it depends upon the condition of our head, what we do with what comes into our heart. If our mind has, hasn't been renewed to the word of God, then we can pervert what God wants to do because we go through this filter up here. If this filter isn't agreement with the Word of God, then we'll change things. And, you know, just a couple examples. This is not my message, just talk as we get to it. Just a couple things, examples to think of. How many know what the Bible teaches, very plainly, the Old Testament knew that tithing is a requirement of God to tap into the blessings of God? That's what he says. Well, if you've got a religious filter, then your filter, as God speaks to your heart about tithing, your filter is going to say, well, God knows that I need to give this to so-and-so. God knows I need it more than what the church does. God knows this, that. Well, God's system of finances works upon uh, the Word of God and obedience in a believer's life. And so when we're willing and obedient, then we eat the good of the land. And so if your filter is all clogged, your filter is going to talk you out of obeying what's in your heart because God communicates with your heart, but it has to come through your head, through your understanding. Can you see that? And then I think about... Uh, Another area, speaking in tongues. Baptism of the Holy Ghost is of God. Speaking in tongues is of God. That, that's a gift That's a gift of the Spirit God puts in you. When you get filled with the Spirit, you speak in tongues. You do not have to speak in tongues to go to heaven. Amen. Born again, believing in Jesus, died for your sins, raised from the dead. That gets you to heaven, but then he tells you he's got another gift for you. He wants you to be filled with the Spirit. Well, if you've had a religious head... Then sometimes your head's heard things like, well, that's not for today, that passed away, and things like that. You filter the blessing right out. And so we have to understand that God speaks to us through our heart. If we as Christians will start conditioning ourselves to listen to more what's down here than what's up here, 
And that we don't do away with our head. We've got to think about life. We've got to understand things. But we have to understand God communicates with us. It says right here that our heart, our belly, our inward man is the candle of the Lord. And that's where God gives us light. That's where God gives us revelation. That's where he gives us understanding. And so anyway, that's the verse I want to start off with. But uh, as I was praying this morning about what to preach tonight, I was thinking about my life. And by the way, the title of this message is My Testimony for How to Enjoy a Blessed Life. My Testimony for How to Enjoy a Blessed Life. And so basically I'm going to be talking tonight from, from almost 41 years of experience of doing what I'm doing and how it pays to serve God. Amen. I know I look at all the young faces out here, young couples, young people, and uh, believe it or not, in spite of gray hair and stuff, or white or whatever color it is, at least I got it, or a lot of it still, or in my opinion, a lot. <laughs> but anyway, it's, it, it, in spite of that, at one point in time, Mrs. Pastor and I were a couple uh, spring chicks. We were just getting started in life, and we thought we knew everything. Then we got our butts kicked a few times, then we found out we knew very little. We, 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 we thought we were doing very well a lot of areas life, but didn't realize to many years later how poor we really were, except we were faith people, so we may have been poor, we didn't confess it. Hey, that was confessing what God had for us. What I'm saying, wherever you're at in life, you won't stay there if you follow Jesus. You'll come on up, you'll come on up. And you know, just, just one story I'll tell you. When God was putting us through a transition one time, He moved us from one part of Indiana to another. And to get there, right, 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 right at that time, I got laid off. Lost my job I'd had for years. And so to make that move, we knew God wanted us to go, so we went. And all I could get was this really, really, really dumpy little house out in the middle of the boondocks in Hamilton County, Indiana. And, uh, Man, we didn't have anything. We didn't have a refrigerator, didn't have furniture, table, or anything. And yet at that time, we, we had two kids at home, and then two we got for weekend visitation. We had a cooler. We sit in the middle of the kitchen floor. As long as we get some ice to put something in it sometimes. And it was Indiana and cold, and we had a, we had an oil first, that place. I couldn't afford to put fuel in the thing from the oil truck tub filled up, so I had to run down to the gas station with a five-gallon can and buy diesel fuel. I put diesel fuel up to go a day or two at a time, keep it cold. And then the basement of that house was flooded with water. And the guy Randolph up told me that it blows fuses sometimes. And when it does, I got spare fuses here. You got to go down and change these fuses. Well, the water was about a foot or two deep. And the fuse things in the middle of the post and middle of the floor. And there were dozens of snakes swimming in the water. And so... It followed God. We had, we had to do something to get to where we was going. We wasn't in that place very long, praise God. When I would cut the grass, there would be snake heads and snake tails go everywhere. That place was on, that, that place was on a snake, some kind of a snake colony. And I would cut grass and snake heads and tails would fly everywhere out of that lawnmower. And so anyway, I'm saying for where we are now, we didn't start here. But we followed Jesus the best we could all the way through things. We wasn't being moved by what we saw. We've been moved by what our spirit told us. And God moved us up to that part of the Indiana to get us started what he had for us. We was obedient. I think was there about six or seven months. It was a long time, but I'll tell you what, we praised the Lord through it. We loved Jesus through it. We did what we had to do, et cetera, et cetera. 
And so anyway, uh, God just wants to talk to you tonight about how to be faithful where you are so you get to where you want to be. How many know that God says it takes faith to please Him? And, and also, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, we walk by faith, not by sight. Sometimes you go through some things that I can tell you by experience, if you want to jump the gun, if you want to get ahead of things and try to make it happen by getting loans, begging people for stuff, and try to take shortcuts instead of letting God be your source, you're going to end up losing in life. Amen. God's, God's got a way for you to prosper, but you got to go His way. And so, as I was, as I was up early this morning praying about tonight, I got to thinking about some of the great men of the Bible where I was in life. But I want you to look at Psalms 37, verse 23. And as, as we're doing this, because I'm basically sharing part of my testimony of life, as I wrote these things down, and then I realized that the Lord wants me to teach you my thought process, how I see things, how I, how, I, how I analyze things in life through the eyes of God, and the eyes of God are always through His Word. Amen. And so this is really, basically you can call this like a journal type thing, because I was, I'm just sitting in my chair this morning having coffee and praying about tonight, and think about all my years of preaching. I could preach on healing tonight. I could preach on prosperity tonight. I could preach on deliverance. I could preach on confession. I could preach on victory. I could preach on children. I could preach on how important it is to go to church. I mean, there's a thousand different things that I've taught over the last 40 years. I could have taught tonight. And so I'd just sit there kind of just listen to my inward man because he talks me through my spirit, Proverbs 20, 27. And this is the direction he led me. So I got to think about my life in Psalms 37, 23, or Psalms, excuse me, Psalms 37, uh, 25, Psalms 37, 25. So, and King David said, I've been young, and now I'm old. I got to thinking, wow, I'm older than I was, and I was thinking of my old. But I always look through the eyes of the words, so I'm going to show you where I'm headed with that in a minute. But David said, I've been young, and now am old, and yet I've not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. And so I can tell you this. Out of 41 years of serving Jesus and following him, and a good part of that time being in the ministry, I can tell you this. I've seen some Christians go through some hard times, but God got them through it. Amen. Their, fa- their families may have went through some tough times, but I can tell you about my family. That my family personally, my family is so thankful we didn't try to buy them when they were kids. We didn't go into debt. They didn't have all the newest fads, all the newest goofy stuff out there like that. And I can almost say almost 100%, every person, Christian, non-Christian that I've ever seen, tried to buy their kids love by buying, stacking them with gifts and things, and the parents going into debt because they couldn't afford to pay for them. Just to keep their kids in things, 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 they've ended up with wayward kids later down the road. Because they didn't get the most important thing, the love, the love of the mom and dad. And over the years, there was lots of Christmases in the early years, we didn't have money to buy Christmas. I remember our, 
second, well, I remember our first Christmas too, but I remember our second Christmas was just about as good. Uh, this before they had plastic bottles, we had Coke bottles. And this before they had plastic hangers, we had steel coat hangers. And Mrs. Pastor had a little yarn, and so we got an old scrub bush type Christmas tree, and she said, here, take your pliers, cut this wire up, and make circles around that Coke bottle, make little circle things, I'll wrap yarn around, that's our decorations. So I took coat hangers and cut them up, wrapped them up, she, she wrapped red yarn around them, and made them like that, and hung them on the Christmas tree. And then, this place that was at that time, I went out to this old barn, I found some old wood, and I had an old saw, and I made some birdhouses. Didn't have a drill to do it right, but I just did what I did. Found some old nails, straightened them up, and bent them, and did that. But at this point in time over the years, our grown kids, well, yeah, they're all grown now, but some of them's older than others, but they all thank us. They all thank us for the love our house was filled with all those years that all their different friends they saw that had what they did and got in trouble so often like that. They had dad and mom. And dad and mom had nothing but time on their hand and the Bible. So we wasn't religious people that forced the Bible on kids. But at the same time, we read the Bible together. We did things together. We did church together. And in our family, never one time did we allow this thing be that I saw in some other families. Well, do we have to go to church? We always let our kids know we get to go to church today. We never let that in our family. Do we have to go? I don't think any of our kids ever said that. Because we, we, we do it our hearts from people we see in life that felt what they was doing. They've had to let our kids know it was a joy to go. It wasn't a drudgery. And so our kids and our grandkids. I remember going through this COVID stuff this year. Heard something about some of our grandkids. Man, they really upset because they wasn't able to go to church. That's the way it ought to be. Amen? That's what he said. I've been young and now I'm old. And so he sees people blessed. And, you know... Uh, look at Third John, verse 1. And as you're going there, I want, to, I want to tell you another story of the Lord speaking to me years ago. And as I was worshiping the Lord, I've been going to remind me of this. How many know that 63 days is a long time? Is 63 days a lot of days? Well, back in February 1995, uh, we, we, we were pastoring in Indiana, and Coming towards the end of 1994, the Lord put it on my heart to have Holy Ghost days, Holy Ghost services. Nothing but Holy Ghost services, what didn't have any pre-preaching plan, whatever he wanted to do, he would do. And I I called a young evangelistic couple to come out of Illinois that I'd met. And so they started off with us on February the 1st having Holy Ghost days. And anyway, we we did not know those were going to go longer than the one week that couple was there. Or they had up stayed two weeks, didn't they? Or three. Two or three weeks. They stayed, but we had continual services every day, seven days a week for 63 days. Holy Ghost services. And they were awesome. But during those services, we had a lot of prayer going on. And one day I was praying, and Jesus said this to my heart so plain. He said, I want to use your family. And I forgot about this two while ago. He said, I want to use your family as an example that it pays to serve me, it's not a curse. Because a lot of religious Christians program their kids like this. Oh, you know, we can't do that because we're Christians. Oh, we'd like to do that, but we can't because we're Christians. Well, you know, we can't do that because that's Sunday we go to church. 
Well, you know, we can't do that. Our church has service on Wednesday. We can't do that, kids. And they get it to think it out there that you lose out in life because you follow Jesus. Amen. They get that thinking out there. So the Lord told me, and that I knew what I knew where the area is coming from. He said, "You got to let people know, and I'm going to bless your family, and change people's thinking, thinking that it pays to serve me. It's not a curse." Amen. And you know, I think about some praise God. I think about some fresh examples. How many know that a couple of years ago I went through some serious health things, stage four blood cancer. Well, doctor says 100% whole blood. My blood's pure. The last three days, I was at a heart doctor. I had 99% blockage back in 2018. Had some serious heart stuff going on. Three days of test. And they did, I mean, man, they turned me every which way but loose the last three days. All those stuff looking on the inside of me and had me run the treadmill. I about smoked their treadmill up. Man, I tell you what, I ran that thing to this out of time. I said, you want to do a lap around the building now? They took care of me and looked at me. And they said, your heart is normal, 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 normal. All perfect. And what am I saying? The only reason I tell that, that's the blessing of God. Amen. We're in the world, not of the world. And when the enemy attacks, the Lord raises up a standard. Amen. And so it pays to serve God. We don't have to be going down and under like the world does. Amen. And he used our family for example. You know, you look at little Dave there. Well, not little Dave grew up, didn't he? When he was crippled, had leukemia. Two weeks later, walking and leaping and praising God, singing Jesus songs as he danced out of the hospital. And the doctors at the children's hospital for the next 20 years, I think it was, checked him and no leukemia. From two weeks into diagnosis, no leukemia. That's the blessing of God. Amen. And so I'm giving you my testimony, and I want to show you how I've lived, show you things in the Word of God, how I process things in my thinking. But when I analyze things, it's always in line with the Word of God. And if you don't, if you don't love the Word of God and feed on the Word of God regularly, then you're not going to know if something's from God or not. Amen. And so as I as I was thinking about, uh, like like King David said, I've been young now, I'm old. I was thinking, well, am I old yet? I don't know. And so Third John. I was thinking about these verses. Verse 1. And John says, The elder. Talking about himself. He calls himself an elder person. The elder into the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. And so he calls himself an old man. King David said, I'm old now. And John said, I'm elder now. Into the well-beloved Gaius. And then he said, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. Prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. And so think about that. Here's another apostle. He got old. And how many know that John probably walked closer to Jesus than anybody did out of all the apostles? He got to live the longest. He was close to Jesus. Said he laid his hand on Jesus' breast at the Last Supper. And he said, my highest desire, and I think by this time I can safely say that this old man, this elder John, knew God. And I think that as he wrote things in the Bible, as he wrote this letter, as he said these things, I think he was probably under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, I know he was, because Peter said, all Scripture is given by inspiration of the Holy Ghost. And so if this old man John said, above all else, 
Me and God want you to prosper. And then not stop there. And then have the health to enjoy it. Amen. And so in my thought process, I wouldn't even think about the, the prosperity stuff, everything like that, because I, that, that, that just came later on tonight. But anyway, as, as I think about that now, David said, been young, now he's old. John said, I'm elder now. And so I thought, am I old? And this is just kind of me thinking and praying. Where am I? Well, and as I'm, as I'm teaching you how we've got the place where we enjoy a blessed life, a blessed life, then what you see how my thought process works that I'm analyzing in life. If I'm analyzing a church problem, my heart and my thinking always goes to the Word of God. What's the Word say about this? If I'm analyzing a job problem, if I was a truck driver, I was a truck driver for years, then if I had job things going on, my heart would always go to the Word of God. What's the Word say about this? And analyze through the Word of God. I call that sin through the lens of the words. You know, you put glasses on, it corrects your vision. I, I call putting on my spiritual eyeglasses and look through the eyes of the Word to correct my vision so I look at things right through God's eyes. Amen? And so I'm thinking, am I old now or what? Then I recalled Psalms 91.10. Go to Psalms 91.10. I've given you these verses. I wasn't planning on it. Then I realized if I'm going to teach you, uh, not Psalms 91.10, Psalms 90.10. I love Psalms 91 so much. I always think Psalms 91. But Psalms 90 verse 10. Psalms 90 verse 10. And this is my thought process this morning. And I'm praying and just thinking about things and, and thinking, you know, I'm, I'm having the genuine question. I'm 69 years old now, and I'm thinking, am I old now? And so, am I old now? You know, I know that all the different things I do, I, I averaged the doctors yesterday that talked to me and said, man, as a matter of fact, my, my, own, uh, my own family doctor, an internist, they told me a month ago I went in for a routine checkup, and they looked at how low my pulse was, everything like that. They said, you've got the heart of a young athlete. And things like that. So they asked me yesterday, said, do you exercise? I said, well, i got this little farm we work on, do things. And I said, I don't look at that little health app everything, but last year I averaged three miles a day walking and walk around that farm. I said, there's days I look at them, the day I thought, well, I walked six miles today because I, I walk all around that place doing all kinds of things. And so I think for a 69-year young man that went through things I did two years ago, I'm probably in pretty good shape for the things that we do. Amen. And so then... So then thinking that this morning, am I old now? Am I old yet? I started going to think about scriptures. Psalms 90, verse 10. Moses, how many know that Moses was another great man of God? And Moses had a really, really, really rough assignment. Moses was a holy man of God that followed God, but the rebels he was with got in trouble with God. So Moses had to go into judgment with them in the wilderness for 40 years. Moses had to do that with them. And so there, and, and the reason, you ought to understand when you read, when you read that it's all about, the reason they went to the wilderness, because God said to the people, because your rebellion said every one of you is going to die before you're 70 years old. Said 70 is as long as you're going to go, and that was judgment. And so they had to die in the wilderness by 70 for judgment. And so Moses said, the days of our years, or three score years and ten, that's seventy. If by, if by reason of strength they'd be four square year, score years, 
yet is their strength, labor, and sorrows, for it's soon cut off, and we fly away. And so, God's people, under judgment, could get 70 years. Think about that. And so, the Bible tells us that, that the very least a Christian should live would be 70. And these people got 70, and they were rebels. Isn't that what the Bible says? They were marching around the wilderness for 40 years. Moses had to go with them. And Moses was getting pretty upset to see all these people die 70 also. And so, I know that the bottom rung is 70. But then I recalled the last time that God spoke over man about what his will was for long life is Genesis chapter 6, verse 3. And these verses here, I didn't know they were going to be a sermon. This was my own edification, just my own private prayer closet. Just looking at my own life. Because, you know, I know that there's, you know, a few people out here that are, that are kind of moving up the ladder a little bit in life. And sometimes you start thinking about how long. You know, et cetera, et cetera. You start thinking about things more seriously the older you get. You know, when you're really, really young, and I think about the sad thing. Uh, how many know my, my, my son Joe that's a Marine? And he's in, he's in New York right now. Well, he's had to work the last 17 days straight doing a lot of stuff out there in the Brooklyn, New York area as a Marine. And he called us this morning so excited. He said, I went in today and my captain said, go home. So he went home and we got a call back an hour later and said, I just laid down to finally catch up my rest and I got called back in. I said, what happened, Joe? He said, a 40 year old Marine was running and dropped over dead. So he had to go with with the colonel to notify the family that the 40-year-old dad just died. And so what I'm saying is this. That's sad we pray for that family that we as Christians had better know our covenant rights for the Word of God about long life. And I was talking to Mrs. Pastor about that a while ago. I said, man, the shape the Marines are in. I don't know if Joe... They get examinations all the time by doctors. They go through tests all the time. They look at them all the time like that. And do you think that that man or his family knew what he got this morning? That he's going to put his uniform on and go running out there and drop over? Praise God. And so we as Christians, we as Christians, the devil's tried to take me out several times. We as Christians have to know our covenant. We have to know what belongs to us. We have to be able to know how to take authority over the devil and death and those kind of things and then walk in the light of the Word of God that will live our long lives. And so Genesis chapter 6, verse 3, and this is God uh, getting ready to judge the earth because of all the sin back then, sexual perversion and just idol worship, all the horrible things in the earth. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always, not always strive with man, for that he is also flesh. Yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. hundred and twenty years. And we think that's a long time, but you have to understand back then, people lived to be 500, 600, 700, some up to 800 years old. So that was long life. And then God said, well, man, we're going to change this now. We're taking it down to 120 years. And since that day, God's never changed that and said, I'm going to change this now. We're taking it down to 40 years. We're taking it down to 80 years. God said, my will is for human beings to live to be 120 years old. That's what God said. Amen. And I know the people sitting here right now kind of putting the brakes on thinking, 
Well, before I was born again and didn't know the Bible, I'd do that too. But now that my mind's been renewed to the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit bears witness to my spirit, and Proverbs 20.27 says God communicates me through my spirit, I know when I study the Bible, the principles of the Bible, and I see God's thread of long life through the whole Bible, even to the book of Revelation, that I know what belongs to me. Amen. I know what God's will is. And so anyway, I said that to say this. I'm sitting here thinking about these verses this morning. And I think, wow, at the top is 120, at the bottom 70, and I realize I'm only 69. I'm not quite to the bottom rung yet. And so next year when I turn 70, I realize, according to Scripture, looking through the eyes of the Word, I just got to the bottom rung of old age. Amen. And, you know, old doesn't mean sick. Old doesn't mean Alzheimer's. Old doesn't mean feeble-minded. Old means your body's getting old. And Second Corinthians chapter 4 says, Though our, our outward man perish, yet our inward man is renewed day by day. And that word perish means is death-doomed, decaying. And so our bodies are getting older. You can't stop it. You can confess all you want to, say all you want to, can't stop from getting older, but you can't stop it from getting sick. You can't stop the disease. And I look at Moses. Moses died at 120 and says he had all of his natural strength and he had perfect vision, said he had his full eyesight. Amen. And so we can do things to live in better health. It's anyway, uh, I just wanted to share with you my thought process. I analyze life through the eyes of God's Word. And I'm talking tonight about how to enjoy the blessings of God. And so, you know, I said that as we, as we, as we get ready to shift the gear to say this. No matter what comes on, comes your way through life. And I just so used to bend down here. I'll come back up there. My notes are up there. Man, I like walking out of here. But, but no matter what comes your way in life, your first question should always be, what does the Word say? What does the Word say? What does the Word say? I know I learned that as a young Christian. I learned that uh, when things come my way on job life, family life, whatever it was, I would always, because of John fourteen twenty six, Jesus said the Holy Ghost would bring my remembrance everything He said to me. And so I would always, when things would come my way, and I don't have to do it so much anymore because I've walked so much in the light of the Word now, I would always say, Holy Ghost, we got anything in there on that? And then I get three or four scriptures come out of my spirit about the subject I was dealing with, whether it's a sickness thing, child training thing, financial thing, church thing, political thing, whatever it is, it always comes down, what does the Word say? And why is that so important, the things I've said? I'm going to be talking about our life. We're walking in the blessing of God. Hey, man, we, we in our lives have proved that it pays to serve God. But these other things the Lord had me say to this and keep emphasizing to use this, you've got to analyze everything you see through the eyes of the Word. Because if you look through the eyes of your flesh, through your own understanding, if you try to reason it out, if you try to work it out, if you try to get somebody else, then the worst thing you can do is run to, run to a half a dozen carnal Christians for confirmation. <laughs> the Word of God's your confirmation. If He says you're blessed, you're blessed. If He says you're healed, you're healed. 
If he says you're getting a raise, you're getting a raise. Amen. Well, how do I know you're getting a raise? He said he wants you to prosper and be in health. That means you're continually growing in your prosperity. Amen. You might have some dry seasons for a while sometimes. We've had them. But I'll tell you what, over the years we just kept growing and growing and growing and things like that. And I didn't need a prophecy to tell me that. I didn't need some big time preacher to lay hands on me and give me a shandai shandai. Because the Word of God told me. He told me in Malachi chapter 3, bring your tongue. God wants you to bring your tithe. Because when you bring your tithe, you're bringing you. And when you're bringing you, you're getting under the anointing. And when you're getting under the anointing, the Lord may draw the preacher to head your direction and tell you something you need to hear because you're physically present there. Amen. Doing better preaching than you are shouting. Amen. Anyway, and I think about our life as I was thinking these things this morning. I, I just kind of wanted to get up and get out for a minute, and I got a two-and-a-half-acre lake. And so I walked up to my boat dock. Just walked from my easy chair up my coffee truck. Kept ten seconds later, I'm on, on the dock out there on the lake, looking around. And right now, these fish, these giant fish are out there all around the dock area, man. I mean, talk about, you know, the big dudes. And little ones, too. But I'm out there looking at all those fish. I'm counting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And counting all these fish and just thinking about the blessings of God that I live in the desert. I step out my back door and go fishing. I step out my back door and get in my boat. And now that the weather's breaking, I've been doing that some. I just get in my boat, turn the little motor on, and just go around the boat just look at the fish out there, all the places the fishing are, and go through the ducks and see the ducks scatter and take off and see the cranes out there. We got cranes and got blue herons and... Oh man, the owls we got. Man, the morning time. I heard, I heard a new one last night singing in bass. Never heard that one before. You know, I've told you my owls, we got the hoo, hoo, hoo. And we think we're back in the old west days that the Indians out there think, man, we better close the wagons in. So I hear the hoo, hoo, hoo. And then I hear one over here goes back, hoo, 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 hoo. Well, last night I heard one going, hoo, hoo, hoo. I thought, man, where'd he come from? And, what am I doing? I'm talking about the blessing of God. I'm not just living out in a bunch of sand like I did for years out here, just in nothing but sand and no trees or nothing. I, I, I'm going to have to count my trees someday. I think I probably got between 100 and 150 trees on my property. I don't know how many I got. got well, I know I got about 100 pistachios, so yeah, I've come back to other trees too. So anyway, as, as I was thinking along these lines, I walked out my to my dock that I stood on the, buck, on the boat dock and watched all the huge fish swimming around I thanked him for his blessing on my life and then I got to thinking too we're harvesting a bumper crop of pistachios right now man our pistachio trees are loaded tons and tons of pistachios as a matter of fact uh, Mrs. Pastor right now has been processing them bagging them up and selling them so if you like some fresh pistachios I'm not up here to promote Selling pistachios, but we got all those things and they're really good. As she sells them, so you want some fresh pistachios? See Mrs. Pastor. But I'm talking about the blessing of God. We didn't start off with these blessings. That's our place. We're not paying the, some landlord for that place. That's our place. God blessed us. And so I think about King David. He said, I've not seen the righteous forsaken nor seed begging. I think about John. John said, above all things, what should prosper and be in health. And, you know, I think 
I don't know what you want to call it, but I look at the snake house we lived in to where we are now, and this is a little bit better than the snake house. Amen. And so anyway, uh, I want to teach you just a few things here, real simple. Look at Psalms 37, verse 4 and 5. Psalms 37, verse 4 and 5. And I'll, I'll just, just say a few things about this, but this is one of the first verses that Jesus ever led me to when I was a new Christian. And I spent a lot of days, a lot of months, taking on this verse every day. I had it on a 3 by 5 card. I quoted it. I prayed it. I talked it. I lived it. Now, this is ingrained in me where this has been my life from 1980 until now. Psalms 37, verse 4 and 5. And talk about how we have come to enjoy a blessed life and how you can too if you follow us as we follow Christ. That's the big clue. You find spiritual people that are walking in it and follow them as they follow Christ. Amen? He says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Does your Bible say that too, no matter what translation it is, that say things like that? It says you delight yourself in Him. You've got your part. You do your part. Jesus does His part. He'll give you the desires of your heart. And i got to say this. Does everybody here realize that Jesus is the living Word? So, to me, it's impossible to delight yourself in the Lord if you don't delight yourself in His Word. Because He has Word or one and the same. How do you do that? Well, to delight yourself in the Lord, to delight yourself in the Word, for me, what I've done for 41 years, every time the doors are open, I'm there. Every time there's special meetings, I'm there. Every time there's something I can do to help in church, I'm there. Because Jesus is the head of the... Jesus is Lord over the church. Amen. And so, if you're going to delight yourself in the Lord, you've got to be a Bible person. You've got to be a church person. And I want to say it again. It pays to serve him. It's not a curse. You don't lose out by coming to church. You gain. And so, delight yourself in the Lord. He gives you the desires of your heart. Think about this. That, 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 that desire gives you the desires of your heart. It has a twofold meaning. If you are delighting yourself in the Word of God, a good preacher of the Word of God, your desires are going to change. Your desires are going to become His desires. Because when you read the Bible, all of a sudden, you're going to want to be a soul winner. You're going to want to be a tither. You're going to want to lay hands on the sick. You're going to want to love people and forgive them. Because that's the Word of God. And before, you may have never wanted to be a tither. You'd always want to say things like, instead of sharing Jesus, say, Oh, I'm kind of a private person. I, I just like to keep my religion to myself. I'm kind of private. Well, when you delight yourself in the Word of God, you're going to see, says, share your faith. Tell people about Jesus. So His desires became your desires. And then you're going to see that, wow, tithing is what Jesus wants me to do, so I'm going to tithe. 
His desires became your desires. And so that's how it works. When you delight yourself in Him, He gives you your desires because they were His first. You see how this works? He says you delight yourself in Him, He gives you the desires. So He gives you the desires so He can give you your desires. All of a sudden you desire things you didn't want to. You always, you always thought, well, I'm going to be on this job as much as I hate it because it pays real good. My dad did it. My whole family's in this profession. This is what we're always going to do. This is what we always do. I don't really care much about it. I'm always going to do it. Well, you're following Jesus and all of a sudden you have the desire to break out of that mode. You don't want to do it anymore because your desires changed because you lied in Him and He had another mission for you in life. So He changed it. Amen? Amen. And so, so anyway, I've always cultivated my heart to stay tender before the Lord. I talk about this verse right here, delight myself in Him. I've always cultivated my heart. I pray in tongues. I praise Him. I think about my shower. You know, I can't sing in front of you guys, but I can sing in front of Jesus in my shower. So we do that. So I'm a worshiper and I'm a praiser. And then I've done my best not to grieve the Holy Spirit. Now listen to this. I wrote this down this morning in thought, word, or action. In thought, word, or action. I don't let my thoughts get mad at people. I don't entertain grudges. I don't entertain hatred. I don't entertain things that are against God's people. And I call God's people church people plus people out there that need to know Him yet. In other words, everybody. No matter what religion they are, no matter what politics they are, I'm not going to allow myself to get mean in my head because you get mean in your head, then your words stage. Your words get mean. And then it goes, it goes from head to words to actions. And then you become a person in trouble with God. I'm talking about this thing right here, delight yourself in the Lord. And then also, I don't violate my conscience. The voice of my spirit, I instantly obey what the Holy Spirit tells me to do. I instantly obey what the Holy Spirit tells me to do. I'll close this down just real quick because I know we're running out of time. But I'm thinking about, about two or three weeks ago, I got to think about this missionary couple that I've known for years. And they're not somebody that I regularly support. But man, all of a sudden, I just kept seeing their face for two or three days. I thought, man, i got to send these people some money. They haven't been out in the field. They can't go anywhere. They're not doing anything. And so anyway, they had this thing on this newsletter. They, they sent out how to send it on the Internet like that. But then when I did that, it said, there's no guarantee people get it. You better check and make sure. I hadn't heard from them. So I called them yesterday. Hey, I want to make sure you guys got that offering. And they did. Why did I say that? To say this. I instantly obey the voice of my spirit. I knew that God wanted me to send them an offering. And so I said, so I've lived that way all these years. I'd like myself in Him. And now we're to the place in life where we're really blessed and enjoying life. And so that's how we've lived. And so I can just tell you this. Follow us as we follow Christ. And I don't care what your life looks like right now. It won't stay the same in Jesus' name if you do what we do if we follow Him. Amen. Amen. Pastor Dave. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.